Welcome to Sword and Shield, the official podcast of the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Join us for insight, knowledge, mentorship, and some fun as we discuss relevant topics in and around our wing. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any particular person or business is ever intended. Welcome to another episode of the Sword and Shield. Uh, today, this is uh, Chief Master Sergeant Christopher Howard, 960th COG Superintendent, and with me. Hello, everybody. This is Chief Baber, the uh, brand new Command Chief of the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Welcome, ma'am. I don't think we've actually put it on the podcast of that me welcoming you uh, directly. So welcome to the team. Um, and uh, I look forward to chatting with you today. I have a lot of questions that I think uh, a number of airmen have. Um, and it's really about uh, progressive development, right? So, uh, you know, what rank are we looking at to really start thinking about the, the longevity of our career um, and some of the things that uh, we need to kind of look at or check the boxes, as they would say, um, to, to get to that, uh, you know, command chief position or even greater? So that's a great question. You know, we we have a pretty a pretty darn good progressive development model in the Air Force. Right. You know, you've got ALS, NCO Academy, senior, senior NCO Academy, and then the Chief Leadership course. So, what do we do? How do we fill in those gaps, and when do we fill in those gaps? Right. And you know, one thing that amazes me on a daily basis is the amount of responsibility our airmen have. And, you know, not just our senior airmen, but our A1Cs and just the, especially here in the cyber wing, I'm learning really quick, Right. just the massive amount of responsibility that these airmen have. And so when do we start develop the, developing that leadership ability within them and how, how soon can we start that? Right. You know, we talk about they got to get their five level. They got to do all these things prior to us really digging in and, and finding out what their true potential is. And and I I am a firm believer that we start as early as possible and in developing those leadership traits, because I think sometimes we get wrapped up in which is really important. Absolutely. You know, learning their job, the, right. the technical skills. That's absolutely important. There's no give on that. But how do we work in those leadership traits before they go into ALS? And how do we keep instilling them before in between that and the NCO Academy? Right. Uh, these these airmen are, like I said, they've got way more on their shoulders nowadays than when we were airmen. Right. And, you know, our airmen are doing NCO duties and our NCOs are doing senior NCO duties. So we do need to look at developing them way earlier as far as the leadership and, and, and what that looks like, what that looks like. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out too. I know back in, uh, in the old days, back when we first started off (laughs) and even, uh, even when you look at the expeditionary model, uh, I know that uh, quite often we would put senior airmen specifically, and sometimes A1Cs, uh, that were in the growth pattern, uh, as team leads and leading small projects at the union level, right. To kind of build that leadership, uh, skill set. Um, you know, two or three people teams, or even like uh, when we had the vans in the expeditionary side, like a, a Cincy van or a, a 100 Alpha senior airman could be the crew chief on that, and they'd have three or four people. Um, I always try to challenge uh, the superintendents uh, in the group to, to look at that model too. Of mm-hmm. How can you get uh, a senior airman actually leading a, uh, you know, small mission or a leading a training session and, and getting after that problem set uh, so that they can learn those skills? 
Um, then comes in the question about, well, I'm a TR. So what's your perspective? How do we, you know, capture those opportunities for TRs? Or then how do we, you know, leverage other experiences? You know, one of the amazing things about the reserve is the the amount of experience that they get outside right. of, of the Air Force Reserve. And how do we leverage that in, in the reserve? You know, um, I will have to say we're not very good about capturing talent in in the reserve and the Air Force as a whole. Right. And when I say capturing talent, we're good at capturing the talent that we need internally, you right. know, with SEI, special uh, experience identifiers, AFSCs, shred outs, all those things capture that talent. Right. But what about the talent that these guys are doing on the outside? You yes. know, we've got we've got executives at Microsoft. We've got all this great talent out there. How are we leveraging that? Um, and so I would hope, you know, at the unit level, we are leveraging that at some in some way. But we just I know Air Force why we have nothing that is able to capture that. Right. You know, um, I would love to one day open up somebody's record and find out, you know, the, the security forces member down the hallway can build, uh, you know, an access database and and do it in record time. And and I'm just using that as an example. No, I don't need anybody to do an access database. but Because, right. <laughs> uh, you know, that's that's historically we've used it, you know, back in our day. Right. And, and people have built these amazing databases, but they've moved on. Mm-hmm. And now we're stuck with a database nobody knows how to fix. Right. Uh, so how do we leverage that within our unit? You know, how do we find that talent that, you know, even though they're they're uh, a cyber operator or uh, a comm guy, but on the outside, he builds databases or he builds apps or he builds mm-hmm. all these things. And, and, and you know how wonderful that would be if we could just open up something and say, hey, yeah, Airman Smith can come in and fix this database. It's a huge blind spot when it comes to the TR Airman, right? Yes. Um, because you're right. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of um, expertise that is getting avoided mm-hmm. or just not being acknowledged uh, when it comes to the capability of Airman as we look at that progression, mm-hmm. right? So what I, I tried to, to, to instill, too, is, uh, you know, how do we capture those experiences and uh, making sure that we're giving those Airmen those opportunities to lead we were able to capture some of those things when we can correlate uh, it with some of the experience that they're doing with the, the military mm-hmm. and balancing that out. Or even if we know that they have that experience, making sure that we put them on projects um, or put them forward into uh, different uh, teams so that can come into to play like the wing priorities, for example, right? Mm-hmm. If they have that access database, why are we putting them on one of these priorities to work through some of the things of data management or even capturing data um, or even building some of the uh, the out products, right? So if you got a great leader uh, out there that's a senior airman, like I believe we have a senior airman out in the wing that actually runs their own IT company, right? Mm-hmm. So how are we leveraging that airman's experience to building those teams so that we can capture it appropriately and get the right data into those records so that we can see that for future growth. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and, and I also believe that we also have a responsibility to, to, to send these young airmen back to their civilian jobs better. Right. You know, and, and how are we combining the two to make them a better airman and to make them a better citizen airman, right. right. To, to on the outside and how are we leveraging what they're learning here to make them better at their job uh, in in this in the civilian world on the outside, I truly think it's a symbiotic relationship, right? Yes. And uh, that's where we have to instill in our capital A airmen. Um, these are the skill sets I have, and I'm learning on the on the reserves. 
This is why my civilian employer should be aware of this so mm-hmm. that uh, we can show that there's a value added, get a little bit more buy-in from the civilian side of, yes. okay, I'm going to get some free chicken over here, but we're also going to get some free chicken here so that when we both need each other, then it works out together. And that, that relationship is really key, as well as being able to then capture some of that talent and keep it, right? Because we're losing airmen left and right. Right. And, and I think that's key also, you know, retaining, retaining talent is, right. is, is, you know, especially in this wing, it's a, it's a hard thing to, to, to keep. And so I think we really do need to focus on how we can make them better, not just, you know, within the air force's structure and the air force's development, but to make them better on the outside. So, right. so they're getting that benefit from, from both sides of the house and they can see it. They can, it's a tangible benefit. Right. And, and, and I think we owe it to them. You know, I think we do owe it to them. Yeah. And then, you know, as we, we progress, right. So we know that we hit uh, ALS, um, we, then there's a uh, NCOA, but there's also some training or opportunities from just looking at the military side of the house. When we talk about the, the leadership mentorship capability is uh, the NCOLDC, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do you know of any other opportunities when it comes to actual uh, tangible military um, training that, that someone should be looking at in that tier from, you know, kind of staff sergeant, uh, you know, senior tech. That's a hard one. I'm I'm sure there's something out there more, I would think, career field specific at okay. that point. Like seven level courses. Yeah. Uh, you know, leadership, you know, they really do. The Air Force relies on us as senior leaders to kind of fill that gap. Right. When they are in between professional military education in the Air Force. And, and and how do we fill that gap? And, you know, and I think we do a great job at offering, you know, this, once you get to the tech master senior chief ranks, we've got the EDB, right? The enlisted, right. the enlisted development education board, and they've got tremendous classes that you can apply for. But again, you've got to apply for them. You've got to be a board. Right. It's competitive, yeah. right? Uh, but as senior leaders, it's up to us to kind of fill in those gaps. What what is out there? What can we leverage on the outside to make sure that they're getting their leadership, their their uh, their development? You know, I like to to leverage our our um, senior our top threes, our in you know our right. rising sixes to say, hey, how do we how do we fill that gap in between the NCO, the airman NCO, and senior NCO? And and those guys will always come up with something great. And I think that's one of those brainchilds where the PDCs really come into play, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that professional development uh, courses, which is held by the professional development committee. So we got two PDCs, but uh, little things that uh, nuances there, but um, all the different courses there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we're talking about those emerging leaders, um, PDCs don't have requirements for rank or necessary um, hard skill sets. Uh, to produce an actual course. Mm-hmm. So I think that the challenge there might be, you know, our airmen and our junior NCOs uh, taking on those courses and leveraging some of that experience. Now that's one more opportunity that we can capture in EPRs and 1206s, um, some of the skill sets, uh, as well as some of the learning that's happening in that the in that kind of field, in that gray space that we talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's Skillsoft, right? That There's a number of different courses that one can take yes. and execute for that development piece. And then because it is Skillsoft, um, then we can actually put that in, uh, again, EPRs and uh, into uh, 1206s as that professional development and growth portion. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that leads to all kinds of different skill sets, AFSC and then just leadership things. Um, I think, uh, I guess the next piece is, uh, you know, when we're writing those 1206s and we're writing those EPRs, um, what are some of the key pieces or attributes that you would give advice on of making sure it's in those, uh, those reports? And EPRs? Yes. Yeah, those are those are always a monster, right? You know what 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 is a good EPR? What is a great EPR? And what is a bad EPR? Uh, you know that is one thing that is a constant that has been a constant in in both right. We, we, yeah. we grew up together in 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 the Air Force. In you know how do you write that structure that perfect bullet? Right. Uh, you know what is the impact of what they're doing? Right. You you know all those all those things. And they're great. They are, you know, bullet statements are small. You want to fit all you can in, in one statement and, and right. you want that impact to be strong. And, you know, and it's, and I've also found it's also, you know, what is that local, local flavor? unit? Right. Yeah, ex- exactly. What is the local <laughs> flavor? And, and so we're all constantly learning. Right. And uh, it's important though. It's important that we capture that. And it's important that we remember what EPRs are for and EPRs are to capture that and, right. and the impact our airmen are making. And I think it's, it's, again, it's important that we're, we're capturing that impact mm-hmm. and, you know, and not so much the structure of the bullet or, you know, can we fit it on one line? Can we fit it on two lines? It, it's just important that we are documenting what our airmen are doing right. on an annual basis or biannual basis, depending on their status. And, and I know it's being looked at, you know, um, again, it is, it is something that's on the round table of what is the next step in our EPR in our enlisted uh, evaluation process. And I think it's, 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 it's due, right. You know, it's due because again, we've got super talented airmen and in, in today's world where efficiency is key, right? right? Which means less money. (laughs) And, and so, which means less manpower. And, and so our airmen, we're asking our airmen to do a heck of a lot. And again, it is our responsibility to make sure that we are documenting that and, and we're developing them. And we, we are letting them know that you are doing so much and you have such a heavy responsibility and, and we're taking care of them and making sure again, that we are capturing that. And, and doing them justice. Yeah, and that's what I, I try to always emphasize, no matter which way we go with these uh, performance reports or anything like that, is that that's scope and impact, right? Yes. Um, I think we do um, a poor job at times when it really, when we look at the scope and impact, especially in certain um, AFSCs, right, uh, in certain units, uh, really looking at, okay, how does this mission affect the greater Air Force mission or even yes. AFRC mission uh, to make sure that... Uh, we're showing that they are reaching globally when we talk about cyber, you know, and Intel and uh, all of the AFSCs within this wing is, uh, you know, when we talk about these domains, how many users are we supporting? How many different uh, weapon systems are we supporting? Um, what would be the impact if you did not do your job, right? Or if you did this special piece uh, or worked on this special mission, what that impact was across COCOMs, MATCHCOMs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really grasping what the bigger picture is. It's not that I'm just doing this. And, you know, one of the, the kind of kickbacks I get is from some of the uh, support um, airmen, right? And uh, I hate to label it support because it's all mission. Right. But uh, if I'm just cutting orders or if I'm just pushing um, DTS reports or, or pushing out uh, vouchers, how does that really, what, what kind of impact do I have? Well, if you didn't write that order, 
then uh, we wouldn't have been able to put Airman Snuffy on that C5 that went to this AOR that supported this. So understanding your role as a whole um, and making sure that that scope and impact is captured in those performance reports, captured in those 1206s, and really giving Airman credit for the impact of being here every day or being here on a UTA actually means. You, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. You know, again, back in our day, we... We had a little bit more manning, a little bit more manpower where you could really learn to be an expert in a certain area of your job and you could focus on that. And our airmen don't have that luxury today, right? We're combining AFSCs, we're combining, we're getting rid of shred outs. We're doing all of these things that are making our airmen to be, to be generalists. Right. And, and sometimes they, they, well, we lose that scope of you know, reminding our airmen of what they are actually doing and how they are making that impact. That is hugely important that we continue to do that because they're learning later about their impact because they're not able to learn the specifics of their job and what it specifically hits, right? Being a generalist, you're doing all kinds of different jobs, different responsibilities, and, and they're learning all of this, you know, but at the same time, they're not learning how that impacts the greater air force. Right. And, and we as senior leaders need to make sure that we are explaining that to them. Hey, this is, this is why this order impacts that F-16 that's going into battle, you right. know? So it, uh, again, it's, it's our responsibility to make sure that they, they know that uh, it's, it's just a little bit, you know, you're talking about, you know, back in the day when the, you did have an orders writer, they could focus on that. And, right. and, but now you've got that as an additional duty. Mm-hmm. And, and so they're not really understanding the impact of what they do on a day to day. Right. And then when we move from, you know, those junior NCOs to the senior NCOs, um, the game does change a little bit, right? Yes. Uh, as far as how we capture this and as well as uh, what the importance of some of that capturing happens. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, you know, when we started the master sergeant and we were taking on more of a uh, of a load as a leader, um, the importance there really is looking back towards our junior NCOs and our airmen and making sure that we've done right there and making sure we're capturing everything we've already discussed. Right. Because uh, once we hit that master sergeant rank, boom, now uh, things get looked at differently. So what, what kind of things are being looked at when you hit those senior NCO ranks uh, for progression and development? So when you hit those senior NCO ranks, you really need to, you know, supervision is huge. Supervision in the Air Force is kind of the foundation. Right. You know, when you become a supervisor, that is really the first time, should be, you know, the first time that you are responsible for another human life. Right. And and for the first time, somebody's more important than you if you're not married or have right. children. And, and you're the sole owner of that individual or individuals. Right. And, and, and once you hit those senior NCO ranks, you know, you've hit those milestones of, okay, now I know what the impact is of taking care of people. Right. And, and that should always be first and foremost, when you become a senior NCO and, and hitting those milestones are super important. Yeah. And that's why it is very important that we make sure we're developing our folks to be those supervisors that we need. Right. Because, you know, First time, I know it happens, and sometimes it's out of our control. But becoming a first-time supervisor as a senior NCO is tough. It's <laughs> you're tough. A, you're at a detriment at that yes, point. Yes, you, you truly are. And, and believe it or not, it happens more than you think. And, well, I've seen it many times. Right? Yeah. So you know, even if we, it, it, and, and and since I've seen it so many times, if we have to restructure whatever we have to do within our ranks to make sure we're giving our guys this 
experience. Right. It's hugely important. It's, it's, you know, it could be detrimental. And, you know, once you hit those senior NCO ranks, you are just thrown a heck of a lot more responsibility. And, and we need to make sure we are again, developing our folks at the right time at the right place and, and making sure that they, they get those leadership experiences that we need them to have to be successful senior leaders. Right. And it's also, um, this is where those soft skills that they learned as that supervisor, as that team member, as that team lead really start to show um, in a number of ways, right? So how successful we are as senior NCOs uh, can we really balance not just on the technical skills, but those soft skills? Absolutely. I mean, that's where some of those breaking lines are when we talk about going from master to senior and senior to chief is that, okay, technically competent, technically solid. They can do X, Y, and Z. They can they can make sure every mission is going to happen as far as the technical side of it. But when it comes to the soft skills, making sure that the team is successful and the mission is successful um, gets highlighted a little bit differently. Um, what do you, what would you say is some of the key soft skills that, uh, our airmen should be trying to develop or be asking for development? So, you know, emotional intelligence, I know that word comes up quite a bit, is huge. It is. It's, you know, one of the things we need to learn growing up in the ranks is, is my experience isn't going to be the same as your experience. Your experience isn't going to be the same as somebody else. Right. And we can't assume that everybody's going to have the same experience as you. And so I think it's really important to understand that and right. to learn that because I think we've all had that supervisor, you know, Hey, you're, you know, my standard is you need to run a marathon. And if you don't run a marathon, you're not going to get marked up on your EPR, you know, and you're just like, what? <laughs> you understand? I don't run. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, but we, we've had those, yes. right? Like that's a, that's a, a ridiculous standard and that's right. great that you do that but that's not for me. And so I think we need to be able to, if we're going to retain this talent, if we're going to keep these, these airmen in our force, we have to understand those better. Right. And, and, um, and make sure that, you know, how I got here as a command chief is not going to be the same way that you get right. to be a command chief. And, um, so it, the, the different experiences and, and we have to embrace those and, you know, and, and I can go into another, uh, another speech about diversity, but that's another day. Um, but you know, and just embracing each other and embracing our, 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 our backgrounds and, and what we bring to the fight and, and leveraging what right. every individual brings to the fight and understanding that it makes us better. Right. And, and I think that the, the split can be kind of hard, right? Because, uh, all through your time, uh, growing as an airman, uh, in your AFC is here's a, here's a tech order. Here's an AFI. This is lays out X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. So it's, and that's where we get the box checking uh, theory into play. Um, But when it comes to those soft skills, there's no X, Y, and Z, right? There's no box checking. And there is no one way to chief, as as you you pointed out, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's always the the, the hard part to accept is, what do you mean there's no one way? There's there's gotta be a way. And and the reality is, is that you're you're right. Everybody's different. Everybody's uh, experience is different. Um, There's very few people that have been in the same unit step by step by step right it's mm-hmm. not like we all started out at a comm squadron or started out at an npf and right. and worked our all the way up here right um we talk often you and i off the side about um you know what those pathways for command chiefs are right mm-hmm. um when we talk about unit level group level in this expectation we're going to hit each one of these these tiers and hit each one of these uh these opportunities and the reality is is it's not going to be the same for everybody right. or necessarily easy for everybody so 
how do we capture those soft skills? Mm-hmm. How do we capture that experience and that development so that the right airman is in the right place at the right time? Absolutely. And, you know, not just not just capturing them, but also, you know, also leveraging it and, right. and using it to our advantage. Yep. Right. Because just because we don't hit those milestones, like maybe somebody else hit those milestones, that doesn't make them bad. No. You know, and it, it doesn't make them not ready. And it, of course, our responsibility is to make sure that they are ready. Right. But to use that to our advantage rather than telling that, you know, as looking at it as a negative, right. you know, the way somebody grew up, if they hit all those milestones, that's great. That's awesome. And we're glad, but right. others aren't able to hit those milestones. So no fault of their own. And, right. and how do we leverage that? And how do we, how do we build off of that? And that's where those other things is, is understanding what opportunity is, right? Yes. Um, opportunities isn't always an assignment. Opportunities might be a mission. It might be, I'll hit the priorities again, leading a priority, mm-hmm. um, leading some kind of initiative, um, right? And especially when we talk senior CEOs, that scope and impact outside of just your unit, right? So if, if we're looking to progress from master to senior and senior to chief, um, your scope and impact, it's expected, yes, to be in that box of your unit. Yes. But now you have to expand the group, expand the wing, yep. uh, the MAGCOM, you know, AFRC as a whole, all these things. If, exactly. I need you to be uncomfortable. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? And I tell that to people all the time. I need you to be uncomfortable right. and, and find those things out of your comfort zone. And, and that's usually outside of the squadron, right. outside of the group and, uh, and, and wherever that lies. But I need you to be uncomfortable. Right. Because the uncomfort drives change and yes. it drives uh, experience. Right. Exactly. If you're comfortable, it means you've probably done it one or two times. Yes. And what are you really learning other than solidifying your 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 base and uh, kind of building that box and that wall around that learning? Yep, right. exactly. Awesome. Um, any parting shots that you might have for, you know, development or thought processes towards development for our gladiators out there, Chief? You know, the things that happen in this wing are just amazing. And the airmen that, that do the mission every day are even more amazing. And, you know, all, what I ask is we just continue to develop these guys and make them the best that we can make them because we owe that to them. Right. We truly owe that to them. And and when is, you know, I'm leaving that to the to the supervisors. Tell me, when is the best time to start developing them for those leadership responsibilities? You know, ALS may be the best time that we first start getting those leadership skills. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think earlier because yeah. these guys just have a massive amount of responsibility. And uh, I, I think it would benefit them and us if we did start right. before Airman Leadership School. But I'm looking for, you know, you tell me, you know, you, uh, Chief Sawyer, all of you guys out there, what is the best way to move on with our Airmen? Should have started yesterday, right? Yes. It's that's, always the that's, case. Yep. You know, we have to have the mentality that, um, you know, I should have started to develop them yesterday, which makes it a priority today uh, to constantly challenge our airmen to uh, expand uh, their capabilities and experience. And don't be afraid of opportunity and don't be blinded that uh, when given um, an option to do something, that is truly an opportunity to excel and learn something. Yes. Right. Very well said. (laughs) All right. Um, I'll give you the closing statement for this uh, this podcast. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today on the on the Sword and Shield, and I look forward to many more. And then I'll have to throw that one in there. Remember to stab your enemy in the face through cyberspace. <laughs>